0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni, which is short for anonymous, over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I find ways to get my own house under control, I tell the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 37 today I'm going to talk about excuses because I am like so good at those. And yeah, I'm seriously good at excuses. So I'm going to talk about that today. But before I do, I want to remind you that you can go to a slobcomesclean.com slash connect. And there you can find all of my social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all over the place, whatever social media channels you like. I'm probably on there. Not all of them, but pretty much all of them. And I'd love to have, uh, to be able to connect with you over there. You can also go to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and look for uh, podcast number 37 to find the show notes for this specific podcast. If it is not directly linked on there, I promise it exists because if you're listening, the podcast exists and the show notes do too. Uh, Just scroll down to the bottom and see, click on where it says, see all my podcasts here because I'm behind on some things right now and that is one of them. So even though I keep telling myself I'm going to go back and update it, I haven't in a little while, but I promise you the show notes are there. So thank you for joining me today. Like I said, I'm going to talk about excuses. Um, I was trying to think of what I was going to podcast about today and I started thinking, um, about how it's October now, which is really hard for me to believe because October doesn't even feel like it should be back to school time. And yet I feel like we just started back to school, but whatever it's October. And something that I did for two years on the blog, I think it's been two years since I did it was I participated in a 31 days series that happens in October. And it's really kind of gotten to be a big thing that a lot of different people do. And I enjoyed it. um, And I met some new readers that way. I'm not doing it anymore because I just have a lot going on right now and I can't commit to something like that. But I started thinking about those series and one of them, well, it's kind of funny. The first year I did 31 days of details And I'll link to that in the show notes. But it was basically 31 days of me trying to go through my house and notice things that I didn't notice because I tend to not notice things with my slob vision affliction that I have. Um, But it was, you know, paying attention to details. And what was funny was the second year I decided I had this great idea. I said, I'm going to do 31 days of excuses with the goal being. I actually called it 31 days of lame excuses, meaning, you know, identifying my excuses and working past them and working through them. But what was funny is I went back and I read the introductory post of introductory post of um, 31 days of details. And in it, I said something like, you know, I I figure doing 31 days of details is better than doing 31 days of excuses. (laughs) Anyway, and then the next year, I came up with that idea. But I really enjoyed the series because it does help me to identify excuses. Um, I'm really good at them. But before I started this whole deslopification process, five years ago now, I called them reasons because a really good excuse is one that um, is a reason. I mean, like it really is a true struggle, a true challenge. I mean, if you think about it, an unexcused absence is one that doesn't have a good reason, but you're excused when you do have a good reason. So an excuse are good reasons. And I came up with lots and lots of good reasons why my house was always a disaster. And the problem was people helped me with that. I mean, people gave me excuses to use because I've talked about this before, but I really truly believed like with all my heart that my housekeeping struggles would end once I had kids and stayed home full time. It just made sense to me that once I was home with my kids, (laughs) what else was I going to have to do but keep my house clean? And I'll be there and I'll be doing it. And that'll be my focus. Well, turns out that my um, excuses multiplied, my reasons multiplied, my challenges multiplied. And in fact it became much much more difficult and now that i'm in this strange job that i have of being a slob blogger professionally which is just bizarre to me still but i now meet people who struggle with their homes and i've met so many people who did not struggle with their homes before but once they had kids it became more of a struggle because you just add more people's stuff into it you add more people's personalities, more people's motivation, all these different things get added into that. So I guess my point in that is I had a lot of good reasons why these were legitimate challenges. And before the blog, they were reasons. Once I started the blog, I started calling them excuses and changing that, you know, shifting that word for myself helped. And I've said before that, uh, i I give credit to the fact that I called myself a slob for helping me stop making excuses because I didn't want to use the word slob. It's a horrible, awful, ugly word that still makes, um, I was going to say something that might not be appropriate, that still makes me cringe, still makes me kind of draw up, if you know what I mean. Um, anyway, but it still is a word that I, d- I dislike. I mean, I really, I just kind of want to, you know, squeeze my eyes shut when I have to tell somebody the name on my blog. And so I don't see their reaction, but it's really an awful word. I didn't want to use it, but by using the worst possible word that I could, there was no point anymore in me pretending that it wasn't that bad. And there was no point in making excuses anymore. It made me examine things for what they really were because I couldn't sugarcoat anything. I couldn't make it Oh, well, that's this way because of that. And I'm like, no, I'm here to figure out why my house is like this all the time because it's not okay with me. It is not okay. And so I stopped making excuses. Um, Not that I don't still make them, but it was just a shift for me to go from reasons to identifying excuses. Um, And when I say that, I have to make sure that I'm always clear that even though I was completely honest and I swear, you know, I promise, I don't like to swear, but I promise to be honest on my blog, um, you know, in the beginning, it was so much easier to be honest because I was anonymous. Um, and there is a beauty in that. And I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later here in one of the aspects that I'm gonna talk about excuses in, but, um, that honesty, because I didn't have to worry about judgment or anybody really, I mean, honestly, anybody even helping me out with those excuses, because people really do, they tend to help you. And they totally mean it nicely. I mean, really, people are being helpful. And I appreciate that. But for me personally, I had to get over the excuses. So okay, I'm gonna talk about a couple excuses that I wrote about that month. And one of those was, but it's so cool. Um, I used to love garage sales. I still am drawn to them. I mean, I still just kind of get excited when, you know, my daughter says, Hey, can we go to garage sales today? And I'm like, yes, we can. We totally can because it's really fun to me. But I used to be obsessed with garage sales. And I mean, I, and I've talked about this in my, how to have a good garage sale posts or podcasts, you know, that I, I did over the summer before the summer. Um, I loved garage sales and I was obsessed with them and I would pick up anything that caught my fancy, anything that looked cool. And one of my reasons why I used to do this that was completely and totally legitimate to me was that I was a theater arts teacher. And so props, anything that was cool could be turned into a prop that I used in my theater classes. Um, any goofy old crazy outfit, I would, You know, stick it in my costume box and that kind of stuff was great for, you know, pulling out for a play or having for improv or whatever. I really did use all that. Well, I carried that with me, and uh, even when I wasn't using those things anymore, it was very difficult for me to resist grabbing that cool item. Okay, because I was the person, and I I enjoyed this identity. I was the person that if you needed something for anything you could call me. Uh, Dana's got it. She has it. I mean, she's got it somewhere in her house. It's amazing. Anything you need, just call her. And I liked that. I liked having all that because to me that was cool. But at the same time, don't knock on my door and ask for it because number one, I won't be able to find it. And number two, I won't let you in the front door because my house is a disaster because I had way too much stuff. But that idea of something being cool and thinking, Ooh, I might be able to use that one day or, Oh, look at that. That is something that, Oh, wouldn't that make a great display someday? Um, it's collecting things that I thought were cool, got me into the trouble that I was in. Okay. So even though I could look at the item individually after I picked it up from the pile of stuff and say, wow, this is a really cool item if I couldn't, if I didn't have a space for it in my home where it actually lived up to that coolness, then there was no point in me having it. Okay. So for example, in the post that I wrote, it was, I had just cleaned out my master bedroom, which needs to be done again. I'm just being very honest because it's pretty bad. And I would never, I would tackle anyone who tried to get in there right now, but, um, I had done a huge overhaul of my master bedroom. I taken everything out and then only brought back the stuff that I really, really needed, which, um, didn't really provide a long-term solution because somehow my master bedroom is a complete disaster again, but whatever. Um, so I don't know that I would recommend that method. Um, but I had done that. And so when I had, I tried to get rid of things as I took them out and then I was getting rid of more as I put them back in. So as I took, took it out, I saw this glass, this green glass, bottle that was really super cool. And I thought, I can't get rid of this. It was a unique shape. If you looked past the dust, it was cool to look at. It was cool. I I liked it. And why would I get rid of this? But then once I had to actually bring it back into the room and make that decision and say, does it have an actual space in here? It didn't. It did not have a space where it actually lived up to its coolness. And so I got rid of it. Okay. Part of that is me, you know, decluttering momentum that I've talked about before. Don't start with the stuff that's difficult. Start with the stuff that's obvious. And then you just start to change your perspective on clutter. But for me, that was a big deal because I had liked that identity so much of being the person who had the cool stuff. You need a green bottle that, a genie could live in. Oh my goodness. I have got the perfect one. You need a green bottle that, um, you know, is supposed to have some kind of potion in it that the character in the play, um, I don't know, sneaks in. What, I've got it. I had all that kind of stuff. Um, and honestly, sometimes now, because I still direct plays at my church, but although I don't really do it anywhere near to the extreme that I used to, so I really don't need as much stuff, but the truth is when we need something, we can put it out there to people. And usually we can find something that's perfectly fine. It doesn't necessarily have to all come from my house. And it also doesn't have the, um, you know, I'm more willing to go, Oh, I don't think I have anything like that. Instead of, I know I've got something somewhere. I've just got to go dig through my entire garage. I've got to dig through whatever. So that excuse for me, it was a reason, you know, Oh, it's cool. And I'll probably use it someday because I do all these kinds of crazy creative things. But And actually, for me, in many cases, was an excuse to not let go of something um, and to not. um, It was an excuse for not getting rid of it because thinking, well, someday I'll I'll do something with that. Someday I'll surely be able to do that. And in reality, i like to have less stuff in my home. I'm happier. Our family functions better on a day to day basis. With, with less stuff in our home. Sure, we may have to ask someone else for a green bottle that we need for a play, frames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat. And you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused, Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Um, All right. Another excuse that I had was, um, and it kind of goes again with identity. And that was, um, I got rid of college textbooks. I have been out of college for 18 years now, I guess. I'm 40. I don't know. I don't want to do the exact math. But basically, I've been out of college for a really long time. And I still had a couple years ago, some of my college textbooks. Now I still do have my big, huge Shakespeare book. That's really pretty. I kept that, you know, anything that I've actually gone back to for reference, I kept that, but I finally went through and I realized I had a huge bookshelf full of really heavy, heavy books that took up lots and lots of space that I was never going to read. I'm sorry. You know, now there's this thing, it's called the internet and you can generally go find things that you need. Um, There's this other thing called Amazon, which is on the internet and most books, classic literature, you can find it on there and sometimes it's even free and it doesn't take any space whatsoever. So if I actually needed that, I could go to it. But for me personally, I had to say, what are the things that I haven't opened in the past 15 years? Or ever since I stopped, you know, since I finished the class where I needed this item, this book. What are the things that I truly have not opened? And why am I holding on to it? Am I going to do that? Or is it purely because somehow these items represent an identity that I used to have? I used to be a teacher. I used, I guess I did open them when I was a teacher, but I used to be a teacher. I used to be an intellectual, you know, and I could tell people, I, I teach as opposed to I blog, which makes them go, what, that, what, you know, what is a blog? You know, but it was an identity issue for me. And to realize I'd rather live in this identity now and that one single Shakespeare textbook that I can actually see right now as I'm recording this podcast, that one Shakespeare textbook brings me back to the that time period in my life where that was my identity to be an intellectual and all that. And I can see that I don't need every single book from that time period of my life. And I know this can really be heresy for some people. Books, uh, uh, believe me, books are one of the hardest things to get rid of, but... When I realized I don't use these, I'm not going to use these. The only reason I'm holding them on is because of an identity crisis. Then I realized that keeping the one item of those, let me get rid of those books, which honestly were probably about 50 or 60 pounds worth. I mean, books are crazy heavy and take up space. And do I really want them up in the attic where they're going to rot As opposed to just putting them out there and maybe somebody else does need it. I don't know. Or maybe they can be recycled by the people at the um, thrift store or whatever, if nobody wants to buy them, that's fine. But I don't need those things in my house. You know, my husband, and I think part of one of the things that helped me get through this was my, we had gotten some um, boxes of books out of my husband's dad's shop. They'd been up in the little attic part of his shop And he brought him down and said, can you get rid of these? I mean, this was like a hugely heavy, heavy, heavy box. And we started looking through it. Y'all, there were rat droppings in there. I mean, this was like rat poo, which, you know, I see rat poo and I think the plague. I mean, I'm about to die. I'm going to, you know, I might as well just go ahead and put myself in isolation in the hospital. But I mean... and they were eaten and they were, you know, I mean, they were rotted. They were unusable because the idea was, well, what if I'm going to need those? And so we kept them. And so we ended up throwing all those away. Then I figured I'd rather donate these now than stick them in my attic, which hopefully doesn't have rats, but, um, then stick them in my attic and throw them away in 20 years. You know, so what, anyway, it's just a perspective thing and me getting over the excuse of living, you know, keeping an item because of a former identity for me personally, I could keep one item out of a huge box. So that's like three pounds instead of 60 pounds and of stuff in my house. And it still maintains that memory of that identity of who I was once upon a time. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about, um, the biggest slob excuse of all, because it's a real thing. And this is one, when I wrote about it, I got a little bit preachy. I'll just be honest. Because this is a question I get all the time, and I've talked about it in other podcasts as well, but it is such a legitimate reason slash excuse, slash, sorry, slash struggle. Truly, this is a big one. Okay. But I'm going to talk about the biggest slob excuse of all and how I personally got over it. All right. And that is other people. Other people who live in your house. Small, short people who eat food and use dishes and wear clothes and all those crazy things that kids and husbands like to do. Um, Other people who I can't control. I believe in teaching my children and disciplining my children and guiding my children and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, Control is outside of me. I, you know, they are their own people. So anyway, the most common but, B-U-T, only one T, the most common but when I hear, that I hear when it comes to housekeeping has to do with other people, okay? Kids, husbands, roommates, whomever, whoever it is, other people are usually the problem. Now, again, as I said in the post, I want to make sure you know that if you have personally written to me before, about this, um, don't be offended because I'm not talking about you. I am telling you, seriously, you're not the only one because I hear this all the time. All right. Now, this kind of goes back to how I started my blog. The fact that it was anonymous, the fact that I did not tell my husband about it. I didn't tell my kids what I was doing. And because I didn't tell them what I was doing, I couldn't expect them to jump on board. I didn't make an announcement that guess what, everybody, our house is going to be clean from now on starting today. Okay. I didn't do any of that. I didn't say, okay, guys, we're going to start doing the dishes or how can't you tell that I No, I just focused on myself. I didn't tell anybody. And partly that was because the blog and I had an outlet for my need to put things into words, which is how my brain works. Um, but I, um, I didn't put this on them. Okay. I just focused on myself and by focusing only on myself and what I was and what I wasn't doing, my house got so much better without ever expecting someone else to pitch in. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one-hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said, a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. Okay. Now over time, yes, they have pitched in, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about how I used the fact that I had kids and the fact that I had a husband who has irrational attachments to really, really old t-shirts and such. Um, the fact that I had to other people living in my home and I couldn't have complete control became an excuse for me where realistically, my house was just as messy, if not messier when, um, I lived by myself, you know, when I was single and lived in an apartment all by myself, it was crazy disastrous. And I had to step outside if anybody came over and knocked on the door. Cause I couldn't let them in, you know, so it's not them, but it still became an excuse for me. Okay. Blaming other people because it is harder when you have kids, it is harder when you're home all day and the kids are making messes. That really is legitimate. Okay. And that's what a lot of people will say that they didn't struggle until they stayed home and thinking, Oh, okay. Well then, you know, but when you're in your house all day, you're living in it all day. That's great. But it's also, yes, it's a reason, but there's that fine line where it turns into an excuse. Okay. And it's not that I pretended that my challenges didn't exist. It's just that I quit focusing on the challenges and I started focusing on me and what I was doing and what I wasn't doing. Okay. And that's when my house started to look a lot better. So I'm going to tell a little story that um, has something to do with it, kind of, sort of. But my, here, here's my story. Okay. When I, um, my second year of college, I had to transfer to a new school. It's a really long story. Why? It wasn't because I did anything wrong or because I was flanking out, but just some things happened that I had to transfer to another school. And it was truly horrible because I loved where I had been before. I knew everybody. I was bebopping and scatting all over that campus. And that's a Seinfeld reference if you don't watch Seinfeld. Anyway, but I loved where I went to school. So it was a really big deal when I found out that, you know, things had, changed and I wasn't going to be able to go back there the next year. And so I was gonna have to transfer. And, um, I knew one person at the place where I was transferring to. And then I think it was two days before I was supposed to leave and go for the move in weekend, you know, where everybody's, Hey, how are you You meeting each other and all that kind of stuff. Um, my grandparents had come to visit at my house and they lived about three hours away and they were leaving our house and we're in a car accident. It was a really horrible time. This was, I think my dad had a cell phone, but nobody else did. And I was home by myself with no car for some reason. Oh, I didn't have a car yet. That's right. Anyway, I was home by myself and um, everybody was gone. I was trying to get in touch with people because the hospital called the house and I was having to um, you know, try to try to find people. I mean, I, it's back in those days when you would call the store where you think that they are, you know, I knew that my mother had taken my brother shopping. And so I actually called the store where I thought maybe they were and was trying to, to find them and get a hold of them. So it was really awful. And so my grandparents were in a car accident. My grandfather passed away uh, from his injuries that day. It was horrible and traumatic and um, devastating you know, and it happened basically when they were at our house. You know, they were about 45 minutes from our house when it happened. And so the whole family, um, my mom had six she's one of six kids. And so um, whole family, grandkids, everybody, you know, comes to our house and my grandmother's in shock. And it was just, it was a really traumatic weekend. So that's while I had been worrying all summer about going to this new college where I didn't know anybody, none of that mattered anymore because my grandfather had died and we were all there and it, it was just, it was horrible. It was a horrible time. And so I missed orientation and I missed all the meet and greets and, you know, meet people and, you know, somehow make connections with other transfers and all that. And when you transfer anyway, it's much more difficult. So I started off that semester behind, you know, I ended up flying there and my RA picked me up and it was just a really traumatic time and I didn't want to be there. I was upset over my grandfather's death and I didn't really have the energy to go out and make friends. And so that first semester was extremely difficult. That's also the one, ironically, where I got a 4.0 in college because I had no life. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. But that was um, that was a really difficult semester. But I remember at Thanksgiving when I was thinking about going home. And because I'm a talker <clears throat> and I knew people were going to say they, they knew from the summer before that I was not excited about going there. I knew that people were gonna ask, so how do you like it? I mean, that's just a normal question that people were gonna ask. And so I started thinking about it and I decided, you know what? (sighs) I am not going to give any butts. I am just going to say I love it. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna say, oh, I love it. Because really I could say, well, I've you know, I've made like a couple friends and um you know, and I've, I'm doing the costumes for the play at, cause you know, I didn't actually get a part, you know, since I'm new and everything. And, um, and I'm starting to get to know a few people, but it, you know, there were all these millions of things that I could have explained in that situation. But instead I just said, I, and partly it was me being tired, but I just said, I'm just going to say, I love it. I'm just going to say that I'm not going to go home and give all the details of what's good and what's not good and how it's been a struggle and how I've cried in my dorm room because I didn't know anybody and how I had those moments of wondering, would anybody notice if I was gone? You know I mean? That, that, I mean, that was the kind of semester that it was. So I just decided, um, you know, a few good things that happened. I'd started get to know a few people. So I'm just going to go home and say, I love it. So I did. And people would ask and they'd say, how do you like it? And I would say, I love it. And that was it. That's all I would say. And this really bizarre thing happened because I came back from Thanksgiving loving it. I stopped making buts. I stopped giving clarifications of yes, I do like it, but, you know, well yes, I I I am home and that but, you know, it's it was just a mental shift for me. I stopped giving all of those clarifications and buts. I just said I love it. Now I know that that doesn't have a whole lot to do with housekeeping, but my point is there is amazing power in making that mental shift in deciding that, okay, I'm I'm not going to pass the buck here. I, I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And I am living proof that that makes a huge difference in your home. If you will stop thinking about, you know, how your husband didn't do such and such, or he always leaves such and such here or there or whatever. Stop focusing on that and instead make the mental shift to say, I'm only going to think about what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And it's amazing to me what a huge difference that will make. Okay. So that's my little preaching session on the biggest slob excuse of all, because it's legit. And I think the reason it's such a legitimate excuse and such a difficult struggle is because it's other people and you can't control other people. You can guide them. You can set up routines that they can become part of. You can instruct them, but you can't control other people. And as kind of a control freak, that's a little difficult for me. But at the same time, God has really dealt with me on the fact that I need to get over that. I am not one who, you know, I I don't get to control other people. And I'm glad for that. Because when I look at it as myself, and me as a kid, I didn't want to be controlled. Okay, and that wasn't an effective way to deal with me. So I still don't like being controlled. (laughs) That's still not an effective way to deal with me. And so giving that up and realizing, okay, the only thing I can, can control is what I do and what I don't do. So that's what I'm going to focus on is what I actually have control over. And it's amazing the difference that that makes. Again, I've talked about this before, but as I created routines in my home, that is when my family jumped in on those routines. They're still not perfect because I'm still not perfect and nobody's perfect, but you know, my husband loads the dishwasher and runs the dishwasher a lot because he knows that's what our routine is, where before I had no routine in my house. There was no routine at all. It didn't exist. And so for him to do that, which he would randomly here and there to try to help out, it never had any lasting effect because I didn't have any kind of a routine. But now that he knows the routine, okay, the dishwasher needs to run at night, get emptied in the morning. Well, he can jump in on that routine. Um, so that, that is my encouragement. I hope to you, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, I want to make sure that, you know, you can get the show notes for this at a slob comes clean.com slash podcasts. And, uh, also if you are new to the whole deslopification concept and what it, it is that I do on this crazy thing that I do, um, go to a slob comes clean.com and um just under the header you'll see a thing that says get started with an exclamation point and you can click on that and that will kind of give you guidance into what i recommend for the people who are just getting started who are completely overwhelmed i do have an ebook called 28 days to hope for your home that will take anybody even the most overwhelmed or just the little bit scattered person um to through four habits that will make a huge difference in your home. And I mean, truly, honestly, I, it's like a promise that I can make (laughs) that if you make it through the 28 days, even if you make it through the first three days or four days, you will start to see an impact on your home in a way that you really can't imagine until you actually do it. But, uh, but that get started page that just gives you some different, um, ideas, you know, of, of how to get going. And one of the things that I recommend is to read, my blog from the very beginning. Um, yes, I like the page views, but I also say that because this is five years later and I'm still struggling against excuses and still, because the truth is what were reasons before. And then I identified as excuses. They're always going to be challenges for me. Always. I will always struggle with this. This is a lifelong thing because of how my brain works, which I'm okay with. I just have to find ways that work to keep our home under control for us and our unique personality as a family and our unique home. And that's what everybody needs It's just your own personal, whatever works is, is what's best. So go to that get started page, uh, and make sure you leave a comment on the podcast, um, post over on the blog. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, And if you can leave a review in iTunes, that helps me greatly to move us up in the rankings. It also helps other people find um, this podcast over in iTunes. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye.